Welcome. We're so glad that you have chosen to worship with us today. My name is Reverend Dawn Douglas Flowers, and I serve at Parkway Hills United Methodist Church in Madison, Mississippi. And it is my joy to greet you and to invite you into worship with us. Parkway Hills is currently walking through the great 50 days of Easter, going through a series we've entitled, This is Our Story, This is Our Song, as we lift up and celebrate the resurrection, and as we tell the story of the faith that brings us together. But now, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to worship God this day. Please join me in our responsive call to worship found in your bulletin. We declare what has, was from the beginning. What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word. This life was revealed. We have seen it and testified to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed. We declare what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. Truly. Our opening hymn is found in your insert, Oh How I Love Jesus. As music and singing is still a risky um, venture, we ask you to stay seated and sing softly with your masks on. But oh, how I love Jesus, let us sing.
Join me in our statement of faith together. We belong to God, eternal and infinite, creator of all things and all that is to come. We follow Christ, who comes to us from God and reveals God to us. He heals people and transforms lives and calls us to join in his ministry. He was crucified, died, and was raised by God and reigns over all creation. And he bids us to die and rise with him in the service of the healing of the world. We live by the Spirit together with the communion of saints as members of the body of Christ, God's holy universal church. We're confident in the forgiveness of sin, the power of the resurrection, and the reality of eternal life. In all things, it is our desire to follow Christ by the grace of the Holy Spirit for God's glory. Amen. At this time, I'd like to invite our children forward for children's moment. Just in time, the Norris kids want to come up for children's moment? Ellen, Will, y'all want to come up? Come on up. We'll wait on you. Come have a seat. How are y'all? This is my first children's moment in over a year. You're not as excited as I am. That's all right. Okay, I want to talk to you this morning about something that um, we started a while ago, a long, long time ago, but we haven't been gathering in person, so you may have forgotten about it. Um, what is in this basket? Peanut butter. We take this peanut butter where? Do you know? Yes, where's it go? It goes to places that donate it to people who need it. That's right. We send ours specifically to Madcap. It's a place in Canton that works within the community to find people who um, just may be a little down their resources, may need some help with food, with clothing, with job assistance, maybe even with helping finish in their education. It does a lot of stuff for the community. So we asked them, what's one way, one way, one little way that we can help? And they said, you know what? We never have enough peanut butter. Do you like peanut butter? Yeah. What is your favorite thing to eat peanut butter on? Peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Does anybody eat it on bananas? Yeah. Does anybody? And what? Apples. Yes. What, do you have a favorite thing to eat peanut butter on? Bananas. Um, have you ever tried it with a Hershey bar? Okay. Next time you're at the store, get your parents to buy a Hershey bar and then eat it with some peanut butter. I promise. It'll change your life. Yes. Don't. Oh, you put yours in a bowl. See, I just scoop it and eat it. Don't eat the peanut butter at my house. Oh, chocolate chips on top of it in the bowl. That's smart. I'll have to try that. So, yeah, we all love peanut butter, and peanut butter has a lot of protein and a lot of good fat for us, so it is a, it's a good way for us to help some people who may be a little low on food that need something in their pantry that they can eat and eat with lots of different things. 
So every Sunday, you can start again. Um, this, every Sunday you remember, bring in peanut butter children's moment and put it in our basket, and you know that it will go to someone who needs it. Now, here's the big question. Why? Why are we bringing peanut butter? To give it to people who are in need. That's very true, to give it to people in need, but why? Well, you had your hand up first. Because it helps them get food, but why? You had your hand up. Are we just trying to be nice? I mean, we are being nice, but why are we trying to be nice? Yes, peanut butter is feeling. All those things are very true. But there's a bigger why as to why we bring peanut butter. And I'm going to read you a letter it's found in the Bible, and then I want you to see if you can connect why we bring peanut butter to what it says in this letter. This says a letter about God's what? Love. love. Let's see what it says. It says, dear friends, let's love each other. Love is from God, and God is love. When we live in love, we live in God, and God's love lives in us. God sent Jesus to show us how big God's love is. Jesus loves everyone. Babies, grown-ups, boys, girls, happy people, sad people, even the people who hurt and killed him. Jesus died for you and for me. He gave up his life to show us how unselfish love is. I'm trying to see where. I can't read upside down. That's not going to happen. You can't see God, but when you love others, you can share God's love. Love is how God shows up in our lives and help us, helps us know who God is. Love gives us strength and courage so we don't feel afraid. God loved us first. We can learn to love. If you love God, love your brother, love your sister, love your whole family and all God's people. Signed, a follower of Jesus. The people from the church finished reading the letter. They understood being God's church was all about what? Love. They were excited to show others how to love like God. So why do you think we bring peanut butter? Love, yes. We believe in the God who loves us. And because God loves us, we want to share God's love with others. What was that one line that says, love is how God shows up in our lives and helps us know who God is. When you love others, you can share God's love. So we're not just bringing peanut butter. We're not just helping people who may need a little help and need some extra food. We are sharing love because we believe in a God who is what? That's right. All right. So I've got a little card for you to take and give to your parents to help rem remember that any Sunday you come, um, if you remember, bring a jar of peanut butter. And during children's moment, you can stick it in our basket. Let's say a prayer, and then we'll pass these out when you go to your seat, okay? And we don't have extended session today because we have communion. So let's fold our hands and say a prayer. Dear God, we thank you for your love. Help us to love as you love. Amen. All right, so take a little card. Go have a seat. Connor Nichols and I am part of the Parkway Hills Youth 
You may remember back in March, we designated our communion offering to the Holy Mischief Day. I want to share what your March communion gifts allowed us to do. We split into two groups. One group was designated for the Children's Hospital, and the other group was designated for the Blessing Boxes located throughout our area. I was part of the Children's Hospital. We took your communion offerings, gift, offering gifts and headed to Walmart where we purchased toys, games, puzzles, activities, and basic clothing needs for children and families at the hospital. A lot of families arrive in an emergency situation without hygiene items or extra clothes. We also know how long days and nights can be in the hospitals. Your communion gifts allowed us to provide emergency use underwear and socks as well as activities to help fill the time. The other group was in charge of stocking blessing boxes. Blessing boxes are donation centers where those in need may take what they need when they need it. These boxes rely on those with plenty to share, so they stay full. We filled the blessing boxes with food, hygiene items at first, UMC in Ridgeland, and the police department in Ridgeland and Madison. Madison student Anna Maddox became the blessing box at the Madison Police Department, and you can follow her and the blessing box on Instagram at Blessing Box of Madison. This is just one way of the many ways our youth group strives to serve and create opportunities for us as a youth group connect. I'm excited about the future and about the things we will do to welcome, serve, grow, and celebrate. I'm also excited about the matching gift opportunity we have been giving. I'm giving to support the renovation work because I, to create a kitchen space knowing that my gift will automatically be doubled because spending time with my youth group is also one of my favorite things to do. And I invite you to do the same. We do best the things we do together. Thank you. Thank you, Connor. Our hymn of preparation is Oh, How I Love Jesus. I was looking for the hymn number. Oh, How I Love Jesus, found in your bulletin insert. And again, stay seated and sing with us.
It's a good thing he remembered because he would have thrown off my whole sermon if we sang the wrong hymn right now. Because I'm beginning with, I love to tell the story. Um, recently, one of my clergy colleagues, well, he was reading through this hymn, preparing for worship, and he thought, huh, for a song that says, I'd love to tell the story, they never actually tell the story. So I went back and I read through the hymn myself, and I had to laugh because he was right. They never tell the story. Unless, unless, it, unless you look at those last four words of the chorus. I love to tell the story of Jesus and his love. Now, the hymn may not lay out the story of the salvation offered to the world through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but the story, the song this hymn writer makes known is love. Love defined and made known in the person of Jesus. This is the story. This is the song. I think the author of 1 John would agree. If you read through that first letter of John, um, it reads more like a sermon than a letter. It's written to a community of faith in the midst of conflict. There were a few members who were introducing new ideas and beliefs different from what the community traditionally held. As a result, a group splintered off and left. This never happens, right? Unfortunately, more than 2,000 years later, we carry on that tradition, for better or for worse, of church conflict. But what's interesting to me is that the author of 1 John doesn't directly address what the conflict actually is, doesn't really ever just name it. Now, tradition holds that it had to do with the person of Jesus, his full divinity and his full humanity. But what the author does do is tell the story of a God who is love that we come to know in the love of Jesus. Love defined and made known in the person of Jesus. This becomes the foundation from which this body of faith being addressed in 1 John, from which any body of faith must live and move and have their being. During this series, um, as I have read scripture and prepared for worship, I ask myself, what is the story? What is the song about Jesus that this author is trying to lift? So I invite you to hold that as well um, as Philip and I share pieces from 1 John with you now. And as we prepare to hear God's word, let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, that through your word we may be guided into the love of God for all the world. Amen. Now I'm going to, or we're going to jump around a little bit in chapters 3 and 4 of 1 John. I'm going to begin in chapter 3 with verse 1 and jump around a little in verse 3 and then we'll get to 4. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, 
that we should love one another. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him, and he abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the spirit that he has given us. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God, but whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because God first loved us. Those who say, I love God, and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now love, um, it's one of those words that we throw around a lot. It's easy, I think, for us to sit in this space, hear the command to love, and say, yes, amen to that, we agree with that, we are Christians, we should love. But sometimes I think we water it down to just make sure we're nice to people and that we're kind. Or maybe we jump too quick to a romantic love. When the truth is, love for us as Christians cannot be disconnected from the story of Jesus. Otherwise, we miss the power, the weight, the challenge, and also the gift. The words of another hymn, to me, say it perfectly. What wondrous love is this? A love that we stand in awe of, but is also a little mysterious, challenging. What wondrous love is this? This love that first calls us 
first consumes and chases us before we are even aware of it. This love that sacrifices, this love that transforms, this love that has the power to make us love. Not love in a verb, but love as a noun. We become love. This love of Jesus. So as I was thinking about this word love and um, understanding it through the lens of Jesus Christ, I tried to think of illustrations and stories for me that kind of helped define it. Yes, a lot of them are from movies, but I have a couple of real-life ones as well. Um, the first came to me from um, Handmaid's Tale. No, this is not a family show. But it's based off the novel from Margaret Atwood, and you can find it on Hulu. But the end of season one... I'm going to make a long story short and kind of give you Dawn's paraphrase as a way to make it digestible. But the end of season one, there's this woman who has managed to escape the brutality of the oppressors who have taken over her world. She finds herself as a refugee in another land that's providing safety and security. It happens to be Canada. She arrives alone, scared, and broken. Not sure what she will do next. Now, one of the people in charge of registering all the refugees finds her, adds her name to a list, and finds out that another refugee that has managed to make his way to safety has listed her as family. Now, she has no clue who this is because she has no family. And then she sees him, a friend from before the world went crazy. A friend who made it to safety, remembered her, listed her as family, trusting and believing and hoping that she would make it as well. She runs to him and she says, I can't believe you named me as family. She's in tears, she hugs him, and you can literally see on her face some of the fear, the worry, the hopelessness disappear because someone has claimed her. Someone is there with her to walk along beside her. Or what about one of our most famous uh, Christmas movies, It's a Wonderful Life? We all know George Bailey, right? As adulthood begins and the movie opens, he has big plans to get out, to see the world, to live his life. But he has to sacrifice his dreams over and over and over again to be present for his family and his town. Now, later in life, as the movie shows us, he gets caught up in a little trouble. He can't see a way out. He wishes he had never been born. His wish comes true. And there's an angel that shows him what his family and his community would be like had he not been born. He learns that while he may not have become rich and famous, while he may not have been able to travel the world or live into all of his dreams, he truly did live a wonderful life because through his sacrifices throughout his life, he touched so many people within his family and his community that his home literally would not have been the same without him. His sacrifice, made in love, made his town the place of welcome and kindness and community that it was. And one more. It's a twist on the story of the prodigal son. Um, 
We've heard the story of the prodigal son in this way. There's an ungrateful son that demands his inheritance right away. He leaves home, he squanders all of his money, and he returns home begging to be a servant in his father's household, only to be greeted by a forgiving father who welcomes him home and celebrates his return, no questions asked. Now here's the twist. Here's the twist It's a story a lot like the prodigal son, another story that was making its rounds in the ancient world. I wish I could remember the history of this story, but I do not. The beginning is the same. The son leaves, loses his money, comes home. But in this story, the son does become a servant in his father's land. Now, societal structure means that father and son can never interact. No eye contact, no communication. The lines of servant and master must stay clearly drawn. So the father gives up his title to become a servant so that he can be present to and for and with his son. What is the story of Jesus and his love? What wondrous love is this? It's a love that claims us, calls us sons and daughters, finds us when we are broken and alone. It's a sacrificial love that touches each and every one of us in such a way that it actually changes who and how we are to be in the world. And it's a love that gives up everything just so you and I can be known. It's a love that once experienced is meant to be shared. Another hymn, right? That's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, you want to pass it on. Now, I do have one final story. It's a story that Bill Flynn shared with the youth It was in our newsletter a couple weeks ago, but just in case you missed it, I'm going to share Bill Flynn's words with you as the youth came to work together for the bunk bed ministry. Bill says this, I received a frantic call from a man concerning his sister. She had all five of her grandchildren in her small house. There had been a drug raid, and DHS contacted her saying her son and his wife were in custody for drug possession with intent to sell. And unless... She could get the kids immediately. They would be split up and placed in foster care. Now further, for the children to remain with her, she had three days, three days to show that each child would be well-fed, had adequate clothing, and had their own bed. Now with her brother's help, she was able to get food and clothing, but five beds was a problem. The least expensive bed and mattress they found was around $500, and they needed five of them. Bill says, this was a God thing, y'all, that brought all of this together. But with God's help, Parkway Hills United Methodist Church was able to deliver five beds with mattresses, bedding, pillows the very next day. And this is his message that he wanted to share with the youth of Parkway Hills. Because you sanded bunk beds, there are five children who are still together. 
Because you sanded bunk beds, these children can stay with their grandparents and not go into foster care. Because you sanded bunk beds, Parkway Hills United Methodist Church was ready and able to deliver, to deliver beds before the three-day time limit was up. Because you sanded bunk beds, this family is experiencing the abundant grace and love of a loving God. Bill says in that, as you heard, this was a God thing, y'all. And I do believe this was a God thing. Not in a puppet master type of way where God was up there or out there or somewhere pulling our strings to make all of this come together. I, I don't believe that's how it all works. But a God thing, and that the reason this happened, the heart of why those beds were ready to go to begin with, why Bill Flynn has poured his time and energy and resources and heart into this ministry, why Parkway Hills United Methodist Church is even in this place to be able to offer these beds at that particular time, why our youth came together that day to sand bunk beds, all of it is a God thing. It all happened because we believe in a God who is love, a God that we have experienced as love through the person of Jesus Christ. And so we exist in this place as love. We respond to God's love by being love in our midst, within our church family, one to another, within our community, and within the world that God has created. We love because God first loved us. Now, there's a lot of good things happening in Madison, Mississippi, in Mississippi in general, in our world. There are lots of people reaching out and sharing. But our work is different. We love because God first loved us. Love for us has to be defined and made known in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Our story, our song, is the story of Jesus and his love. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German pastor and professor, who lost his life because he stood up and said no to what was happening in Nazi Germany. Um, he was doing some work around what is the church? What is our call? As he literally watched his world crumbling around him and watched as church after church turned into something that didn't look like the love of God to him. And this is what he said. What is the church? He argued that the church exists not as an organization or as a historical entity, but rather as the embodiment of Christ on earth, Christ existing as church community. This embodiment, he said, is comprised of a group of stumbling, sinful people who pray for one another, sacrifice for one another, and forgive one another. Where one member is, Bonhoeffer said, there is the entire church community. No one is alone. No one is abandoned. No one is homeless. 
the congregation is always there as well, in love. And that means sacrifice. I love to tell the story of Jesus and his love. Today we get to come to the table to experience God's love and grace in a tangible way. Bobby Stevenson was sharing in Sunday school one time about one of his first experiences of serving communion. And he said it really hit home, the sacrifice and the love available in this moment as person after person came up and he gave the bread and said, the body of Christ given for you. The body of Christ given for you. The body of Christ given for you. Person after person helped him see the all-encompassing hugeness of God's love and grace. So I think it's fitting that we get to experience communion together, although it it still looks a little different, feels a little different, is just different. We still get to have this moment of grace together. I will say as a pastor, it's hard to preach days and moments like this when you're preaching on, on something like love, because while I preach what I know is truth, I know I struggle as a person to live in to that truth, just as we all do. So as we prepare to respond to God's word, the sacrament of Holy Communion, I invite you to join with me in our confession found in your bulletin. We lift these trusting in a God uh, who receives our confession, makes us new, and has given us Jesus Christ as our advocate. Let us say these words together. Lord, have mercy on us. We talk about love, but our actions betray us. We talk about love, but we neglect the poor. We talk about love, but we fail to love one another. Lord, have mercy on us. Forgive us and abide in us by the power of your Spirit, so that our lives may show our love for Jesus Christ in whose body we live, and in whose name we pray. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. We still cannot stand and pass the peace of Christ, which I know all you introverts are completely fine with and glad it's gone, but one day we'll be able to stand and pass the peace of Christ. But I do invite you to look around, make eye contact with another, and just say, peace be with you. We give thanks for the sound of babies, amen? (laughs) Our communion offering, there's a basket on the table, um, if you missed it, it is for the continued work of God's promise in Haiti. You may know that Tony just recently did a very long walk to try to raise money, and we're trying to help him get over the goal. When I reached out to Tony to ask him what it was, he wanted me to share what was laid on his heart really was hunger, that there are just children and families and individuals who are hungry, and that God's promise in Haiti is able to alleviate some of that hunger. So know that your communion offering will support that. Communion offering for this month will support that work.
Because singing is still risky, we still will not be singing the liturgy that we are used to, but we will have a spoken liturgy. And I invite you, as you listen to this prayer of thanksgiving, hear the story, the song within these words that tells of a God who is love and tells us the story of Jesus. But the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Blessed are you, God of all creation, source of all mercies, fount of love beyond all measure. It's fitting and right to give you thanks and praise and to adore you with grateful hearts and voices. For wondrously, you have created heaven and earth, hovering in gracious care over all that you have made. You formed us as your image of love in the world. Yet even more wondrously, when we distorted your image, you called us back again and again, forgiving us delivering us from captivity to sin and death, feeding, healing, reconciling, making covenant, and setting before us the way which leads to life. Therefore, with your people in all ages, in communion with the saints, and with the whole company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed be your name, gracious God. For you gave us Jesus, who emptied himself that we might be filled, who suffered and died that we might live. He fed the hungry, healed the afflicted, and ate with the scorned and forgotten of this world. He washed his disciples' feet and gave a holy meal as a feast of his ever-present love. On the night... He gave himself up for us and for the world at table with those who would desert and deny him. He took bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper had ended, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Therefore, remembering Christ's life of ministry and service, his suffering, death, and resurrection, his ascending to glory, and his abiding presence through the power of your Holy Spirit, we come in praise and thanksgiving with these gifts of your love as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us gathered in Christ's name, and upon these gifts that we hold, that they may be for us his body and blood, and so feed us with his grace, that in union with Christ we may become a living offering to you. Remembering our connection to you and one another through the body and blood of Christ, we pray this day for those who suffer from injustice or poverty with no place to call home. Remember those who are sick, imprisoned, or troubled and those who face death with no one to comfort them. Remember also the names of those that we lift in love in this space, either silently or aloud, now in your presence. Anne Weisenborn, Ben Franklin, Melody Musgrove.
Oh God, who hears our prayers, transform us into the image and likeness of Christ, that we may faithfully serve others in his name and look forward to the final feast in which all shall be gathered as one at your table and all manner of things shall be well. Through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ, and the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory and blessing is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now I invite you to join with me as we lift the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You have the bread and the cup in your seats. There's two little flaps. The first one gets to the wafer, the second to the juice. When you're done, our ushers will be coming around with some bowls that you can place what is the trash in there. Um, But now, partake. All has been made ready. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Let us indeed go forth as a people who have been fed and nourished with spiritual food, ready to open ourselves up to receive your love so that we may be love in this world that you have created and that you love. Amen. (coughs) 
our closing hymn is they'll know we are Christians by our love. Um, if you've taken your mask off, I invite you to put it back on as we stand and sing together. They'll know we are Christians by our love. I'm going to ask, I think I see Ann sitting back there, right? Maybe, hold on, baby, we'll get that in a second. Ann, you want to come on up here? While she makes her way up, I have a few, um, few announcements I want to uh, remind you of. First, and you should be really excited about this, due to the vaccination percentage within our church family and the percentages taking place in Madison County, um, it looks like within the next few weeks, we may be able just to put the, all the chairs out, get rid of the RSVP. We still will wear masks because our children and youth cannot yet be vaccinated. But that's good news, yes? Y'all should be very excited about that. We're taking the RSVP away from the 830. There's plenty of room in that space. Um, but I ask you to hang with me a couple more weeks as we give people more chance to get vaccinated. Um, if you have been vaccinated and you feel comfortable doing so, let our church office know so we can kind of Keep track and um, do, do the best we can, but I thank you all for just walking with us in this strange and hard time. You'll already see more chairs out. So 
So just know, a couple more weeks, hang in there, and we'll see where we are. Maybe we can just put all the chairs out and not worry about RSVPs. Now, Ann, thank you for standing here through that. <laughs> so Ann, who has been serving this church for 15 years with our children, is stepping down to be able to spend t- more time with family. And we just wanted to recognize her and thank you for all of your work. We've got some cards that kids have made and then a special gift for you as well, just to say we love you and we thank you for all that you have given us. And you've got another one. Yay, one more. We can give it to her, I guess. One more. So I will hand you all this. And if you could give her a round of applause. She's like, let me out, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> but thank you, I will, I'll let you go to the back. But yes, give her your love and well wishes as she uh, finishes up that. <laughs> Kizzy Collins has accepted the position as nursery coordinator, so I invite you to go upstairs and congratulate her as well as she steps into this. Last thing, we cannot pass the plate, but our offering basket is out there. If this place has had meaning for you, has helped you experience God's love, has helped you share that love with others, we do invite you to give so that our work of being love can continue in this place. But now receive this benediction. Go out with joy that you have been fed and healed, securely abiding in the love of God. Go and tell the story of faith that is given to you by the one who never lets you go. Seek out those who abound with sacred questions and be ready to answer mystery with love. Let us go forth to love and serve our Lord. Thank you for joining us for worship. If you're looking for a safe place to explore faith, or if you'd just like to learn more about this community of faith, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to any member of our staff with prayer requests, needs, or questions, or just to find out how to join our church family. Now, may the love of God surround you. May the love of God uplift you. May the love of God stand with you through the challenges ahead. May the love of God convince you in every situation to love. Go now to love others, even as Christ loves you. Amen.